Thank you for joining us today. Today's day is February 21, 2021. And today we will be receiving communion following the service. I have a little piece of bread, unleavened bread, Kathy made up for us. And some grape juice for my communion. The text I'll be sharing with you today is found in Mark chapter 2. And I will be reading and beginning in the first verse. It goes as follows. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there, were, there was no room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of, of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. The reading of God's word. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, <laughs> what a, a fun passage of scripture. Where uh, friends took it upon themselves to uh, bring their buddy, their friend, in front of Jesus. Go to, going to extreme measures. And then Jesus has authority on earth to forgive sins. Lord, these two points, I just ask that you would uh, speak to us today, not only through your word, but through this message. And then, Father, we uh, take on the joy of receiving communion, remembering what you did for us some 2,000 years ago. So, Father, we give you this hour. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In chapter 2, we have Mark taking a settled turn in the direction he is going. In chapter 1, Mark pits Jesus against Satan and all of his demo demonic forces. <laughs> we have John the Baptist in the wilderness preparing the way. Then we have Jesus literally in the wilderness for 40 days. And then we have Jesus starting his teaching ministry, and he cast out evil spirits. Wouldn't even let him talk. And 
we end chapter one with Jesus being forced into lonely places because of his popularity. After soundly establishing, establishing Christ's authority over demonic powers in chapter one, Mark starts to address the religious establishment, challenging their authority, confronting their beliefs and teachings while establishing his God-given authority to be God with them on earth. The God with us has arrived. And the authority to forgive the sins of men. Getting started with the sermon, I feel like uh, I should warn you that you are entering a construction zone. <laughs> we need to possibly put out cones with a sign that says, please excuse our mess, hard hats, eye protection, and face masks advise. And also, since we know how the story goes, you might want to position yourself at least 12 feet from Jesus as debris and dust may fall from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, that's the kind of story we, we have today. The setting. After being gone for several days, Jesus returns to his home in Capernaum. Our outlook of this event might change if we knew if this was Jesus' personal residence or a residence where he has a room at someone else's home. The Bible is silent. We, we really don't know that. If it was Jesus' personal home, however, where he stayed as a bachelor and someone tears up your personal ceiling, uh, Jesus' words, your sins are forgiven, uh, take on a twofold message. Uh, young man, your sins are forgiven, and yes, I also forgive you for tearing up my house. <laughs> Apparently, it is not important to us as the reader as to who house is being destroyed. The main point I don't want to lose is that Jesus does have authority on earth to forgive sins. But getting there, however, I'd like to share with you the three verses that stuck out to me, verses 3, 5, and 10, and I'll be using these to guide our sermon. Verse 3, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. To think that at least four people cared enough for a friend to go to these extremes to get him in front of Jesus. Friends like that are more valuable than their weight in gold. Someone who you can count on when your world is being destroyed around you. Christ followers, that is what the church is supposed to look like. We would be wise to nurture uh, relationships, friendships within the body. They are a gift from God. That is why uh, our best friends, our best friends should be fellow Christ followers. 2 Corinthians uh, 6.14 tells us, uh, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And Paul uh, gives us reasons as to why that is. For he says, what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? 
Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Satan? What do what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? In your time of need, who do you call? Uh, sometimes you're not home when you need something. One time when our family was young, I parked our car in the Safeway parking lot for a quick errand. When I got back to the car, the battery was dead. Miles away from anyone we knew. And uh, no AAA. And I needed a jump. I assured Kathy that I could handle this, and I was back in a flash. <laughs> the rescuer had a souped-up muscle car, black t-shirt with holes in it, and the sleeves were ripped off. He pulls in front of our 71 Olds Cutlass to give us a jump. <laughs> it's funny because uh, my dear wife was not impressed as... Uh, she was trying to think of a way to protect herself and the family or our little girls from this biker dude. Uh, he may not have been my wife's first choice, but from my experience, I chose someone who I thought would say yes to helping me. And when I offered a little cash for helping, he said, nah, man, just pass it on. <laughs> Our friends from the Gospel of Mark had a situation. Can you imagine being part of the conversation where friends are discussing possible ways to help their buddy become whole again? In my mind's eye, I can see them sitting around the campfire muttering possibilities when someone suggests Jesus. Then the excited chatter erupts with the possibilities of being touched by Jesus. Jesus, he heals with a touch. After the outburst settles, they come up with a plan. The next time Jesus is in town, they decided, we would carry and place our friend in front of them. Thinking all his needs, thinking all he needs is a touch and he would be healed. The time comes. And the friends gather around their paralyzed buddy. They lift the four corners of their friend's mat and start out to see Jesus. Seeing the house. And then the crowds, I sense Satan getting a foothold in their lives by placing doubt. One says, look at all these people. We'll never get them to an audience with the healer. Another we might as well go home. Another, at least we tried. Sorry, buddy. And then another gets a harebrained idea. Hey, let's climb the outside stairs and lower him through the roof right in front of Jesus. As excitement grows, another one says, that might work. Let's do it. Oh, I want to say they pull out their heat-sensing equipment and locate where Jesus is. 
Uh, I've been watching too many espionage uh, movies. Locating Jesus, though, through a uh, voice through the roof. They start tearing a hole above them and lowering their friend down in front of Jesus. <laughs> I, I ask myself, uh, why no one is recorded as trying to stop these thugs from destroying this man's home? I have two thoughts. No one wants to lose their seat by going outside. Or they wanted to know how Jesus would react. Again, the Bible is silent. 911 has not yet been invented. How did Jesus respond to this destruction? He sees past the actions and sees their motives, the friend's motives. He reads the heart. The Bible is clear. Jesus sees the faith of those carrying the mat. Let me reread Mark 2, 5. When Jesus saw their faith, the, the, the friend's faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Friends, fellow Christ followers today, do you have that kind of faith in Jesus? Faith that Jesus can heal? even today. Faith in Jesus to meet all your needs. Faith in Jesus to be there during your greatest need, your darkest hour. Faith enough in Jesus to confidently bring a friend in front of him, knowing that Jesus has all the answers for everything needed. Lord, help us to be that guy. The final verse that caught my attention, which I believe is Mark's main point of this whole story. Verse 10, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Being able to view this text as hindsight, we know this to be true. But in Mark's telling, this was a line drawn in the sand, one that will be a bone of contention for the religious leaders throughout Scripture. The Gospel of Mark now establishes that Jesus not only has authority over Satan and his minions, he also has authority over the sins of men. To this, the Gospel writer records, All the people praised God. Today, we are challenged to be that kind of friend. A friend who would be willing to go to great lengths to place people in front of Jesus. And yes, all for the glory of God. Today, are you willing? Let me backtrack. Today, we are willing, not because we are good, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us 2,000 years ago. By him taking upon himself our sins, 
by dying on the cross. With that, I would like to take a moment to remember what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. We remember it by uh, receiving communion. When Jesus was having his last supper, he said to his disciples, I've longed for this time to be with you. And Jesus did several things, but during the meal, he picked up a, a loaf of unleavened bread, tore it, raised it towards heaven, blessed it. And he told the disciples, this is my body broken for you. At this time, take the bread and eat it. Then he took the chalice of, of wine. This is, this is grape juice. He took the fruit of the vine, raised it towards heaven, blessed it. And then he said this, this is my blood shed for the sins of the world. Take and drink. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I think of this uh, telling, Mark's recording of, of the events of Jesus where a paralyzed man had friends who loved him enough to care for him and to uh, go to extreme measures to place their friend in front of Jesus. Father, I believe that's a call for us to go to extreme measures to get those that we rub come into contact with in front of you. So Father, I just ask that we could be the hands, your feet, and your mouthpiece. Not only uh, this week, but as a lifestyle. We can be that friend. We can be that body of Christ that you can depend on. And then, Lord, we do thank you for uh, forgiving us our sins. That's the only reason why we are able to, uh, to be friends of others. And Lord, we thank you for what you did on the cross. So Father, we go beyond here, uh, from here with the assurance that we are redeemed, we are bought with a price. But also to be your extension, your hands, your feet, your mouth. So Father, we thank you for this opportunity. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Until next week, God bless you. Bye.